Yeah, I, I'm Jackson. I have zero experience with carpentry. I studied at a school for historic preservation in Boston and learned about how things were built, you know, 250 years ago. There's a long way to go. I'm nowhere near the top. Not that I thought I was, but there's so much more to do out there. Welcome back to the Passion for Craft podcast. Uh, today we're going to do uh, something I'm calling the state of craft. Um, you've heard of the state of the union. Uh, so want to talk to you guys about what is the state of craft in America right now. We've talked about this a little bit before, and uh, I think we all have learned a lot. I've learned a lot. <laughs> Um, but Speak for yourself. I, I would be very interested to know, uh, you know, just after talking and after doing this podcast for, um, 35, 36 episodes ish now, um, what do you guys believe is the state of craft in America? I think it's the same. It was on episode one. <laughs> Nothing's changed. No, I'm just kidding. What do but, you think? but that is, that is kind of what I'm curious about because I, I do think, I know my perspective has changed at least a slight bit um, in talking to guys uh, and a lot of the guests that we've had on um, and just kind of understanding more about craft and more about craftsmanship. Well, I mean, I, I, I think it's uh, interesting you bring this up, Jackson, um, because, you know, Richard and I were talking about it a little bit earlier. You know, it's difficult having this podcast, okay, because we feel like we have called out, okay, the state of craft and called out, you know, people's, uh, you know, where we are and basically, you know, implying that it sucks, right? That, it, that it's not very good. Um, and, and you know, no one can, we, we get the pushback from, from listeners. I, uh, you know, the, people can afford that. No mm. one does that. Um, and so, you know, when you get pushed back, you're like, dang, wait, what's, why, why, why are we getting the haters out there? What's going on? And so my reflection on it is that I still hold to my, uh, opinion in that if you look at the way things were done 200 years ago versus today, the state of craft is in a very low state. Okay. So if we just, if we measure it and establish a metric, then it's low. Um, and that's from, you know, knowing how to drive a nail with a hammer. That's from, you know, knowing how to plane wood, knowing how to, you know, knowing how to identify wood, knowing how to, you know, whatever those metrics we are, we could craft better. And if you look at the houses, you look at the average house, you know, even at the turn of the century, the number of moldings in it, the, t the way things were constructed and things like that, it was better than it is today. I don't know if I'm going to get pushback on that, but, I, but you know, I don't know if people would make me want to quantify that at the same time. Okay. There are a lot of very talented craftsmen out there, right? And there are a lot of people who are, you know, every bit is, uh, interested in craft, interested in, in quality, interested in stuff, but it's very difficult in our day and age to have, uh, to pursue craft because there's so many workarounds. Okay. There's so many, 
uh, tools that you know will cut a mortise for you. There's so many tools that will well, or or that you don't even need a mortise anymore. There's so many you know the pocket screws from Craig, the 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 different things that are that are out there, so you don't have to do a half lap joint or mortise and tenon joint or whatever you're going to build it with. There's a lot of workarounds, and so um, you know I don't think. Uh, it's just like if you said athletes were better 200 years ago than they are today. I don't. I think the 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 knowledge of the craftsman, the the ability, opportunity of a craftsman to be just as good as they were 200 years. That's not what I'm saying. I think that there there's no doubt we haven't grown more intelligent or grown less crafty, but the it's much harder in our society to practice craft where you have snapped together molding, snapped together, you know, siding on a house, you know, you know, uh, pre-built, pre-hung, pre-finished doors, right? It, it is more difficult to practice craft today. So in general, it's lower. I would, I would also say, I, I agree with everything you just said. Another thing that I've noticed over the last, you know, I don't know, however, like 35 episodes we've been doing this, you know, I kind of feel like a preacher of craft, you know, because we're here, we're in a public space, we're saying, hey, things used to be better, or the potential for things are way better. And I feel like if you're a preacher, like think about a preacher in a church, like you, if you're gonna be preaching to the crowd, you better have your stuff squared away, you know, you don't want to <laughs> yeah. be a hypocrite. So I feel like one of the things I've noticed and I'll probably get some pushback on this and I'll probably get some people to agree with me, but I think the average person just doesn't care enough about it. I think, you know, Brent's always talking about these, you know, historical things and I love it and it's great, but I feel like maybe our society philosophy has changed to where like, we don't look at a house as a charming place to raise a family. We look at it as an investment so where where's craft going to fit into an investment you know if you're investing in the stock market and you're like that's your job you're not you're just playing a numbers game you don't maybe you really care about tesla if mm -hmm. you're invested in it yeah but at the end of the day when you're just an investor i i would say you're more worried about your bottom dollar right. your, how much percentage am i going to get on this investment and because people have taking that approach to homes mm -hmm. I, they just don't care yeah like the average person just doesn't care and feel free to push back on me with no, that no i think you raised some great points and um i think that culturally we have changed 100 percent. i mean if you if when i'm you know studying and looking at how people lived in 1900 okay um you know, you didn't have pre-made clothing. You didn't have, you know, you were just beginning to have processed, you know, foods and things like that. You know, Campbell's soup was brand new, right? As far as, you know, making a condensed soup and things like that. Uh, it, the the idea of having, you know, three meals a day, the idea of having, um, you know, this expectation that our culture has of, you know, living, right? And just how, how you live. People think it's a right that everybody should have food on the table. Mm -hmm. That is not a right. Okay. That is a luxury that, that we as Americans, you know, have, but most people in the world don't, aren't guaranteed three meals a day. 
And so, you know, the, the, the drug culture and the homelessness and things like that, you know, happens because people, uh, or one of the reasons it's happening is because there's an expectation of, well, everybody has the right to three meals a day. Everybody has a right to a, you know, to a cozy bed. Life is, life is much easier now than it was, you know, a hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. And so there, therefore, okay, just because, you know, the idea of having to cook a meal in 1900, you were using all fresh ingredients, fresh things. Now you buy a box and add water, right? And so mm-hmm. yeah, the the that that has translated to building as well. And you have you know people that whole saying I say that the builder thinks that because it sells, it's well designed, and the homeowner thinks that because someone built it, somebody must have designed it. And so that those things aren't true. And so the uh, how do you have a culture of high craft, okay, when everything's snap in place, right? And, and, and you know, how do you have healthy food when, when cheap food's so easy to get? Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, it's culturally, I guess is what I'm saying, is that, uh, that you talk about the state of craft, you really are examining us as a culture and, you know, what we value, what's important. And quite frankly, what's easier and faster and cheaper is is more prevalent on people's minds than mm-hmm. craft. Yeah, I think that is the state of craft. Is it an exact? I mean, everything we just discussed in that exchange, it it all boils down to a reflection of where we are as a culture. Mm-hmm. And because we're so, and and it's sad, but I mean, a lot of people are struggling financially with inflation, with, you know, issues of housing, interest rates, all, I mean, it's, it's life. It's it's always been this way, but maybe people like the masses, I feel like don't care. And they, and then a lot of people don't have time to think about craft. They're just happy to have a roof over their head. Mm -hmm. So, but for those of us who are fortunate enough to work with people who have the ability to, you know, have stuff that's well crafted. I think that's where we get a little more hardcore. Mm. Like Brent's mentioned several times, for his clients, money is not the obstacle. So for a lot of people, though, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, so for most people, it is. Yeah, for me, it is. Yeah, yeah, same. And it's like maybe people have got a warped perception of like where you're coming from. Maybe I'm just kind of throwing it out there because you're working with such like a low percentage of, you know, client or like the one percenters of client. They're like, and that's why you get that. Nobody's doing that. It's like, well, some people are, but Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's, we're coming off a little bit snobby, Mm -hmm. you know, like this should be like this. And yeah, maybe we haven't taken into consideration like the average Joe, which I'm the average Joe, Mm -hmm. you know, like you just said, we can't afford this stuff. It's just crazy. So, yeah, just some thoughts on. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, really helpful. Uh, one, just in doing this exercise here, I thought um, there was a chance we were going to get a completely different answer. Looks like we got the exact same one, and that uh, you know, it's fine. Um, but I am <laughs> curious. Uh, out of both of you guys, uh, Richard, you're talking about not being hypocritical earlier. Um, how can you go on saying these things? Like, this is the way that craft should be. If both of you are here saying, I would never pay for this. I would never do this. I would never. Never do what? Pay for uh, doing it right. 
Well, I mean, afford it or I think it's all about finding a balance because I I think that uh, I can't afford me. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what does that mean? Uh, It means that like when we did redid our house five years ago, we splurged in the kitchen. Okay. We had hull build our cabinets, but all the other cabinets were, you know, production cabinets. Now I had designed them so that they look more like traditional cabinets, but they, but you know, you're, you're trying to find it. You're trying to find a balance. We did a, a thing on the build show, uh, the, the travel guide for master builders. And one of the things we talked about was colonial Williamsburg. Uh, colonial Williamsburg is this beautiful historic, you know, place. And, and basically one of the things I pointed out was the s- siding, um, and laying up the siding so that it looks right. So it ties together architectural details. So if you look at the window, that's the outside of that window right there. Yeah. That bottom sill, which is you know almost two inches thick, there is a the the bottom edge of the siding was coming across and hitting that bottom edge of the sill perfectly. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you're like, well, gosh, they got lucky there. No, they didn't get, <laughs> they didn't get lucky. They actually laid out the spacing of the siding mm-hmm. so that it hit right. Okay, yeah. now you can't do that today. Why? Because people put a track on the wall and you snap your siding into place based <laughs> on this reveal, right? And so, one, you look at that historic house and you go, well, why Why does that look better? One is that you don't have a consistent four inches, four inches, four inches, or six inches, six inches that is measured and yeah that that and, is yeah. that is mathematically and and you know engineered to be perfect, right? You have this. Well, that's three and five eighths. That's three and a half. That's three and a quarter. Then it goes to three back to three and five eighths. And you don't pick it up unless you got a tape out there and you're measuring. Yeah. You don't do it, but your eye picks it up and your eye goes, there's kind of a texture to that. There's kind of a, a thing to that. So my point is, is that there, there has to be a balance. Okay. Mm-hmm. There has to be a, uh, finding out those things that matter so that you can infuse mm-hmm. and that whole series, new house, old soul that I'm doing right now is all about how do you take a new house and infuse that old soul into it? Well, you're really infusing craftsmanship into it. You're infusing, you know, and you're finding places to spend money so that you can, you know, highlight things. Yeah. Austin does these, you know, uh, regional videos for this real estate company and, you know, I'm trying to fix the outside of them, but you look at the inside of them and it's just a blank drywall. You can no more tell what style of house that is standing on the inside of the house than, you know, it'd be Russian roulette. You just, you know, put a gun to your head and just spin it and hope you get it right. One in six is the odds there. So, it's, so the odds. it's 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 less than that. Okay. There is no style. There yeah. is no... there, And so then you looked at me and what I'm trying to preach on this show about craftsmanship. You're trying to find places to infuse craft even in a half million dollar house. So maybe you buy a custom door. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, mm-hmm. you know, do real shutters. Maybe mm-hmm. you, I mean, there's small things that maybe it's an extra grand, maybe an extra two grand or something like that. But you are, you know, fighting for craft and saying, I really want something that's going to last or that. Now, so this is different. Just would so I, would I, aware. would I, would I do that on a half million dollar house? No, probably not. I'd try to find another place to infuse that. Or I would wait until my forever house, you know, whatever, when the kids are grown up and, and gone that, that, you know, wait, maybe you can spend that. How is it different? Well, it's different than what you've said in the past. I, I think in the past we were kind of like, all three of us said, craft in America sucks. All right, see you guys later. And uh, <laughs> I, I think that's actually a really well, helpful update on the state of craft is now we have some tangibles. Well, I think we still, I mean, 
We still believe that. I no, think, yes. Overall. But now it, we're not just saying Captain America sucks. Goodbye. Oh, we're saying Captain okay. America sucks. Here's some minor changes you can make in your daily life because we're Joe Schmoes. We're probably talking to a bunch of Joe Schmoes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it's really helpful for us to have a very practical something like a tangible takeaway that we well, can go it, it, how do we infuse crap? okay here's another here's it? another way you do it this is what we're looking for. quit using fake materials okay. okay quit using composites don't use hardy okay don't use asic don't use plastic concrete fake woods fake materials that are that are imitations of wood okay mm-hmm. use the real thing why well one um you are going to be able to infuse that handmade character into the deal better than if everything comes off the assembly line and looks perfectly the same. Wood moves. Wood has has you know life to it, and so doing that, using things, you'll cra- your craftsmanship's going to get better mm-hmm. because um, you are. It's going to require a different way of thinking about you know building a windowsill. I talk about pitching a windowsill a lot in that. The reason historic window works is because the windowsill pitch is pitched and water doesn't sit there and rot out your sill. Silly, stupid thing, right? But that we don't practice anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. and so that would be an example of how craftsmanship sucks today because we've forgotten how to build. But at the same time, using real materials should force you to go, I better think about how I'm going to put this together. So, and, and that begins with not only, you know, how you build it, but picking the wood, yeah. right? And so we've gotten so lazy and and forgotten so much, we don't know that poplar is the worst exterior wood in the world. Why would you build something out of poplar? And that Pella window guy gave you that poplar window thing. Mm-hmm. You're just like, how in the world is that major company still still building stuff out of poplar? Is the, is it, they are chasing costs so much that they and they know that no one knows that poplars are terrible wood. Yeah. You know, is that the reason they're doing that? You're getting me all worked up. They, no, yes, but, it but, is. It, but it's like it's like the all, here here are some things that you can practice and do that will raise the, your bar. Yeah, and I think the poplar thing too could be what we've talked about before, where they're getting you on a subscription plan for more windows in yeah. the future. That's 100%. a dark conspiracy, but. <laughs> Or maybe well, are they are they know. just that dumb that, think that they think ooh pop. I think it's a combination of dumb and what you're saying that okay. there's this this you know guaranteed obsolescence so that you have to come back every 15 years or yeah. 10 years or five years. Mm-hmm. And and the, I mean I did molding you know molding work for years and I didn't know what poplar was. Yeah. All I knew was like finger joint pine because I'm installing linear moldings. I didn't. Well, and that's why I encourage people to use hand tools. Why do you use hand tools? Because you'll realize that you can't hand plane oak very well. And there's a reason why we don't use elm because you can't build with elm. You know, you you <laughs> you are or live oak. Live oak's a terrible wood to try to plane or try to try to do anything with. And so hand tools actually teach you about grain Mm -hmm. that there's open grain and closed grains that there's there's grains that plane really well and there's grains that don't plane really well and so all of a sudden you go well i gotta have quarter sawn wide oak why oh because that's the you know all of a sudden you are thinking about because why well it's more stable one but it's easy it'd be easier to plane it would be easier to work with your hand tools and so there so you learn about those things in that you know because with hand tools, you're actually touching it. Yeah. With hand tools, you're actually, you know, figuring out, okay, 
on this board right here, I've got to plane it this way because the grain's actually running up, yeah. and I've got to, you know, got to get it so yeah. that otherwise it's going to be really hard to be. I'm going to have chip out. Mm -hmm. well, what's chip out? You know, and so yeah. Yeah, anyway, it's just you learn about the nature and mm -hmm. character of what you are building with, mm -hmm. and that's why I like hand tools, yeah. right? And so. But the, all of those things have been forgotten, right? And, and so people say, well, you got to use hand tools. Oh, my gosh, you got to be crazy to use hand tools. Actually, that little you know low-angle block plane right there will be faster at, at getting the door unstuck than any other tool that you're going to get by the time you get your table saw out and your power planer or whatever yeah. you're going to do it with, right? It's mm -hmm. just that's faster. Mm -hmm. And you can do it in place, too. Sometimes. Totally. You don't yeah. Just like, the door off. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, Sorry, I, I made you elaborate on that because Those you essentially said the secret to <laughs> eternal life is yada, yada, yada. <laughs> we need to know. We need to know what you're meaning. So, but, but those are some practical, you know, steps. There's got to be balance. There's got to be, you know, trying to find opportunities. There's trying to, you're trying to do things so that you can, you can infuse craft. Yeah. Because I, the other thing I know is that there are people out there who have clients who want something well-crafted, and no one's having that conversation. Mm -hmm. No one is going up to that client's door saying, I'd really like to build you a forever kitchen, yeah. right? I'd really like to build you something that's going to be having a ton of integrity. Mm -hmm. What they're talking about, well, I can do it for you know, $27.75, right? It just, they're, they're throwing out numbers. Yeah. And so one of the reasons craft matters is we get away from the cost benefit ratio and the return on investment. We're talking about just something that's well-crafted because there's a lot of customers in all price points that want something well-crafted, but no one's having that conversation. Mm -hmm. So I agree. I mean, you're, so you guys you are talking about um, infusing craft and uh, you're saying that, you know, you can use hand tools and like build some of these things on your own and, and do it and, and uh, put this in. When I'm thinking of Windows, I've been getting ads a lot recently um, for Renewal by Anderson uh, on for my Windows. Um, now, I'm not in the market for Windows or anything, but I think because we talk about Windows here enough, that's why they've got me in the algorithm. But, and you're making thumbnails yeah, about yeah, Windows exactly. and stuff. Googling like <laughs> yeah. historic versus modern. Anyway, but uh, because I'm uh, in like seeing Windows in that regard, I'm thinking of people like the average Joe who owns a home, um, they're not going to go out and they're not going to go buy a, or they're not going to go do what Richard's doing where he has the parts and is assembling his own hundred year window, right? Those people are going to more likely call a company up and try and get them to help them. So what's the solution there? Like what's something we can do there to, I don't know, help people, encourage people towards craft um, when either they may not have the time or want to, but still value craft. Um, One, I, yeah, I totally know what you're saying. And I think, yes, the person will see the Renewal by Anderson ad and think, hey, you know, they're in the market for Windows. Of course, this is a window company, you know. Yeah. Maybe they'll go look at reviews, look at Windows, call a rep out. The only way they'll ever go with the window like this mm -hmm. is if they're educated. That's the only way. I mean, if you think about like, if you go try to buy a car and you you got your mind on this one car, but when you get there, the the sales salesman is like, oh, you, you want to look at this? Well, you might actually really like this. Yeah. You know, I think that's the only way 
like a wind, someone in the market for windows would go with something like this because the sales agent will explain, oh, you wanted the Honda Civic or mm -hmm. I'm not a car guy, but what about <laughs> this Honda Accord? I don't yeah. know. Bad example, but oh, this one, look at all the benefits this one has. Right. And it's going to be, you know, more, but here's your options. Yeah. Today, people don't really have options. Yeah. You know, when it, with your window example, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of options. But I think, and I and I think you know your food and car terrible analogy, but yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> they, 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 uh, <laughs> Thank you. We, we've used fast food and fast fashion before on this show, talking about other comparisons, and you know how do you know that you want to build with fresh with fresh ingredients and fresh food and things like that? you're educated, just yeah. like you're saying. You 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 taste that and you go. Oh my gosh, that is so much better. I can't yeah. believe what have I been missing? If I really grew my garden, my, my vegetables fresh, my own garden, I could have this every day, right? And as all of a sudden you're like, you start growing your own vegetables, right? You, you have your own garden, you raise your own chicken or whatever you're going to do that all of a sudden you start getting a taste of this thing and you go down this road of actually it's healthier. It's better. Yep. I like it more. I feel better. And, and so you're like, you know, that's how you move away from fast food is you it slowly experienced good food and you're like there really is something to this that person you're describing is the minority though right wouldn't oh, you say for sure like you're, you're not gonna have like well i don't have chickens in my yard so yeah. yes i you, know, you don't have I, a, I don't know who like does. a garden either probably right. no i don't but i mean that's the example you can only extrapolate it so much. You well, can but, buy but, fresh but ingredients. It, but it speaks to where we are culturally, back to, <clears throat> yeah. back to that thing, right? That, that No one has time for that, right? No, or, or a very small percentage of people have time. Yeah. And the Instagrammers that I follow that are into that, they have big followings. But a lot of people just are aspirational, right? They, they, yeah. they look at that and go, oh, my gosh, doesn't that look great? Yeah. Okay. Well, honey, we got to go. You know, yeah, just, yeah. Just they don't have time. No one has time for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the things, I read an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal and I was thinking about my dad versus, you know, our thing, because there's a our generation. Um, I, uh, there is a hurriedness. Okay. That I don't think they had in the, in, with his generation. They're describing it as a rat race or a, a mouse wheel, or whatever those things mm -hmm. are, where you, we have like, our parents were the first generation, my parents, he was born in 30 something, right? So he came up through World War II into the, you know, the fifties, into the expansion of America, into the, you know, military industrial complex, uh, high, production. high processed foods, all things that they grew up in that. And, you know, sending me to college, you know, going to Baylor in, you know, 1984, whenever I went there was, you know, $6,000 a year. Now it's $60,000 a year, right? The, the the cost of education has gone up so much. Think about a TV. We had one TV in our house, and, and, and now people have, you know, 10 TVs in their house. You think about the, a lot of these luxuries that used to be luxuries 30, 40 years ago are now everybody's got a TV. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got a smartphone. Everybody's got – and so there is no longer a – aspirational level you get to it's just more right it's just yeah. mm -hmm. it's just i i want to save to get a tv no one does that right <laughs> yeah. you know you don't do but you that's get it what, now that, yeah you know I, and i remember aspirationally we it was we had a black and white tv and ooh a color tv mm -hmm. my dad had to save up we really had to wait for a color <laughs> tv we don't wait for anything anymore and so yeah. you know we go into debt you know and 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 these other things because 
luxury. There's no more. There's there's almost no more luxury, right? Because everybody has been democratized to a point where it's available to everybody. Yeah, you and you part of that you get desensitized totally. to it, where you're like. This, of course, this is expected. I deserve this. I deserve know? this, right? Well, it's it, 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 it <laughs> so so. The, you think about all of those things. I want a TV. I want a couch. I want to, you know, I need a new rug. I, you know, all these things. Then, and then someone stops him and says, "I really want to craft you a a, a front door, <laughs> yeah. right?" It's just like, you know, What's going we're on? we're on this we're on this race where we're just like, well, I, I got to get this, and it's going to cost this. Go to get, you know, and someone says, "Time out." I'd really like to craft a door for you. And then really, it really needs to express your personality. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like a, you know, who has that conversation? Anymore? Yeah. What is, what is, what is going on? So we're out of the culturally, again, we, we are um, not in a place where we think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so something that I've just been thinking about a ton recently uh, is there's this custom made home that's being built behind, um, right. where I work and, uh, it's big anyway. Um, they got a lot of kids probably. <sighs> nope. Um, one, one kid, <laughs> uh, and how many square feet is it? I couldn't tell you, but it's a, he's not allowed. It's to a say. one, no, uh, it's not two story, one story, three story house. With a basement. With a basement. Um, it's ugly. It's just big and it's ugly. Um, and no offense to the guy who's building it, but this is like their dream home. And it's just really tough because um, I'm looking at this thing being built and I know the money that he spent to buy the lot because we were considering buying the lot. And he spent $650,000 on the lot. And I can't imagine what he's spending on you the house. It's three to four times is the cost of your lot compared wow. to your house. Yeah. So that I means it's a two and a half million dollar house. Right. And so, so he's um, got $3 million in it. And he is putting this house on the entirety of the lot. So he had, if he does get a backyard <laughs> by the time this thing is done, that's not taken up by driveway space. It's not taken up by whatever. I mean, it will be, um, I mean, 81 square feet, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, the whole thing is the house. And in my mind, just knowing what we know, couldn't he build, like, he's working with a custom home builder. Could he not build the exact same money monetary house, but just build it really well? And... And then build it on a smaller scale and just have it look amazing. Yeah, but 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 you know we've talking, been talking culturally about what, you know what's going on. It'd be like you saying to that person, "He's coming into a McDonald's and he's starved." Yeah, and he, he he's he has this expectation for getting his kids fries. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get you some fries. I'm gonna get you a diet a coke, <laughs> yeah. a happy meal. Yeah, I'm gonna get you a happy meal. There's gonna be a prize in it. Yeah. It's gonna be all this stuff. Yeah. And you stop him at the door and you say. I'd really like to cook you a really great meal, okay? Yeah. And he's like, "No, no, no, we gotta go. We're we're in a hurry. We gotta. <clears throat> yeah. I, mm-hmm. I want to order. Hang on, that's my place in line." Yeah. And you're like, "No, no, 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 no. Let, let me do this. I'm gonna we're gonna I'm gonna take you home. Yeah. Gonna, oh we're man. We're gonna calm down. We're gonna spread a tablecloth out. Yeah. I'm actually gonna give you four courses, courses. Yeah. and I am gonna and the wine is gonna be prepared. And yeah. they're gonna be like, uh, "Yeah, that sounds fine, but I'm hungry." Yeah. I think that's the problem with that guy is he has he has been pumped yeah. by our culture to to 
the want the most square footage for the least amount of money. And so he's yeah. going to totally maximize the lot. He's going to totally push his builder to give him the best deal. He's, but he also wants granite. He also wants built up crown molding. He also wants, you know, the real stuff. And, and so, you know, it, it's, there's ignorance, right? There's lack of yes. education. And so I just say, I just got to say, you described that so well. We have to make that into a skit. Like where Jackson's going into McDonald's and Brent's there, just like, "Hey, buddy, I'll give you a good meal." It's like a arm over. Yeah, but c'est genre, but monsieur, um, yeah. I don't know, man. It just it's so crazy because, like, for the people that are like that, fine, whatever. Like, let's say, like this custom home builder. They're a big custom home building company. They're building a ton of homes in Denver, but. Um, at the same time, I'm just kind of like, why is there no market for a, a smaller, like we're going to build you a smaller house. I agree. unbelievable. Wow. That would be... be. When Sarah Suzanka came out with her book, The Not So Big House, yeah. uh, probably 20 years ago, it was a number one on Amazon the first day it was, it was available. Yeah. <clears throat> why? Because that thing that you just described yeah. is what people want because going back to my analogy after that meal okay the guy's gotten the fries he's gotten the happy meals yeah and the kids are still and moaning <laughs> and he's 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 stuffed and doesn't really feel that good and his wife's why. you know wife's <laughs> off because the because the you diet know every your diet coach hitting just you know he's miserable <laughs> right and you know, he's like, it was like, what was I thinking? Right. right. Why did I do this? Why was I, why did I think this was going to make me so happy? Right. And so there, there, there is a lot of people who, because culturally we chase after that with clothes, with cars, with yeah. food, with everything. We know it doesn't satisfy us. Yeah. We know it doesn't make us happy. So it, it's that message is, is great. It's just, you good luck with that no (laughs) exactly but but also like i hear what you guys are saying y'all are saying like education's the number one way education's number one way and i'm like there's a market for this out there like someone could be making a buck if they just do this well this am i right ho home yes this is where (laughs) this is where i go to if william levitt Mm -hmm. could could come back today Mm -hmm. okay and You'd give punch him in the face. And give yeah. the people. We need a new William Levitt, someone who understands that you know building smaller. Because remember, he you know was building half the size of a house that typically people were getting at that time. And so, if you think of the, the two thousand square foot house or twenty five hundred square foot houses, the average house size today, someone who comes along and is building twelve to fifteen hundred square foot houses that are well designed, beautiful, well laid out, everything mm-hmm. that op- that's the opportunity I see that could go you know gangbusters. Yeah, is because people would be realizing I really don't need uh, a third sitting room. I really don't need a media center. I really don't need my own office. I could share my office. I, right. I don't, I don't need all those things. And, but if someone can come along and do it beautifully, it would be, I think it could be crazy. I think there's the business opportunity you're talking about, but But I'm just like, why does, why there's so many architects leaving architecture school. There are so many like people who have the ability to do that. And I feel like, what we're saying is not crazy. Like, you know what I mean? I like, agree. I'm a, right there with everyone you. can see when we start talking about this, when I start explaining it to people, like I have a new guy who just started working for me and he was like, what do you think of that house behind us? Cause he knows what you do. And I was like, well, like realistically it sucks. And here's a lot of the reasons why, like they've got the, the bad 
uh, they don't have gabled in returns. They just have the pork chop things. Um, there's a like the face, the facade of the house is um, garage pushed back, and then uh, two windows, and then a just giant chimney. And then the front door is going to go right next to the chimney. And so it's like, it's weird. Like, <laughs> that's yeah, a look. It's weird. Yeah. The, you know uh, what I mean? Like, it's just. So. Uh, but people get it. Like, I'm explaining that to him, and he goes, oh, yeah, that would look better if the center of the house was the front door. Then you would know where to go, is what he said. I'm like, yes, you would know where to go. Like, that. that's how it works. If you're drawn into a home, it feels welcoming, you know? I, and so I feel like people get that. So I'm just like, why, where, like, is no one, like, capitalize? Someone take, you know, start building these things. Because I feel like if no one builds it, or if we're only building at the high-end custom level, it's never going to be attainable. Or maybe that's where the desire starts. Like, you know, Tesla does so well because they give a luxury experience to a daily consumer. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's a great, great analogy. Because it, there's, like, the high-end Teslas that are, mm -hmm. like, $180,000. Yep. But then there's like a $30,000 Tesla that is accessible for a lot of people yeah. to buy. So it's like, why don't people... If someone could do that Tesla thing you're yeah. saying, I mean, I feel like it would do great. Right. Get out there. Yeah. <laughs> would you ever do anything like that? Well, you know, I'm doing those uh, those house fixes on YouTube now on Wednesday. Yep, I saw those. I've had the comments people says is, you know, where can I find plans like this? Where yeah. can I get where people that there, I agree there is an opportunity out there. That's what I was sitting there going. Actually, He's Jackson's working out right. the business yeah. model right now. Jackson's actually <laughs> right there. This could be something that could. Be well, something. because also like the amount of homes that are torn down today, like when someone buys a new house and then they just tear it down and go, I'm going to restart. Like there's a good number of those too. And I would say those are not like, full home built like the, not like the high high end custom builds but that's like takes you from the 0.5% to Well, the 5%. I, I'll tell you another reason why this doesn't happen. Yeah. Okay? It's because because of the McDonald's, okay? Yeah. Um Time. the no, there are a lot of uh things built into our culture, okay, that make McDonald's very practical. Yeah. Right? All this, mm -hmm. uh, we're a car culture. You have to get in a car to go anywhere to do anything. You can't walk anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Because the guy selling the, the nice meal at the door, that's a walking culture. Yeah. And we're in a driving culture. So the, the problem is, is that on the building side, you know, there are, you know, deed restrictions written into neighborhoods that you got, your house has to be at least 3,500 square feet or you can't build in here. They have restrictions as far as you have to have this much stone on the front of your house. You have to have this kind of window. So there's, there are these standards that people have put in place for good reasons, okay, or for reasons, and that, the, <laughs> the, uh, that, that restrict going countercultural and doing it. And that can goes for banks. Banks won't loan money on something that, that doesn't, you know, look like it's going to hold its value to development. The city of Fort Worth or city of wherever they're living doesn't require, it's going to require certain things. So you can't build that many houses that close together. The, the there is, there's, but you're telling there, me you can't make a, but there are restrictions that, that make this harder. Why isn't anybody doing it? Well, it's hard. It's not, it's not easy. But yeah, but I feel like those those are hoops that are jumpable. You know what I mean? Like it is. I mean, you do again you need stone just, on the front of the house. Okay. Well, then, then like, what you need is capital, right? Then you need someone who's going to invest in this kind of thing. Then you need someone who's going to go. Okay. Well, I, I have you know 
30 million dollars let's yeah. go do a development right or a hundred million dollars let's go do a de- development okay well let's figure out how how this is going to lay out what's the things going to be so so capital you know mm-hmm. you know banks um you know development city finding architects who could design something like that finding planners who really understand yeah. this vision it's not easy mm-hmm. well just to because i'm curious you're not an architect but could you design if you got given three hundred fifty million dollars? Could you design a neighborhood to be like the idyllic neighborhood? Well, I remember idyllic? I'm a big picture person. Okay, mm-hmm. so I I am not going to be designing every house, right? I, I cast the vision for it, and I know the people that I could go talk to. Like mm-hmm. I would talk to new urbanists, right? Yeah. I would talk to those those kind of people who've done developments like Seaside, Alice Beach, and those are those were countercultural when they when they started. Yeah, but everybody's like, actually, that's a great idea. Yeah, so I would go find people like that to to help figure it out and i i would love to dig into some of those details but i don't i'm not you know granular enough that i could go in and go yeah i could do that i'm but do you have I, architects I would, that you oh, know yeah, that you yeah, could for start sure. Absolutely. assigning to go absolutely do i think what you're project. saying is like we're already building these communities anyways can we just put nice houses on that's them? what i'm saying and yeah. then also like if it makes sense to where people will see something like that and go whoa this is way cooler than mm-hmm. the no 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 offense the Mira Vistas or like the you know yeah, no, places I, like I, that. I keep thinking of that for the production builders and and the, those guys that are that are building you know thousands of houses a year. Yeah. What if what if what if you know one little division of their thing was like the be- best. beautiful, yeah. right? What, mm-hmm. what if their thing was actually this is going to be the 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 beauty sector, right? Yeah. And we're not going to allot all our money to this, but let's just see how this does. That's that would be an opportunity I'd see for those guys that would just say like, you know, give guys like me and some of the people I could bring to that table a yeah. chance, mm-hmm. and give me one subdivision. Let me yeah. give me one area, and let me go do, cool. do what I'm do what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. and and let's see what happens. And yeah. I know we're not the only ones who feel this way because when Dan Parrish was here. He yeah. was talking about the same exact thing. He would love to see a community of starter homes that are beautiful architecturally. Bring the guilds back, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But who would you go to to get capital like that? Like, how does that even work? That Sorry, this is just a side conversation, but I'm just... I think that's another hoop to jump through because your investors are going to be like, wait, you want to do what? But, but these that, are already selling so good. Right. You want to make no, smaller? I don't, I don't think, I actually don't think that'd be a hard sell. I okay. Mean, you would, you would create a prospectus. I guess right? you would go, here are the houses that I've built. We're going to do this on a smaller scale, built to the same quality. You, you have to cast a vision for it just like you would with, it, with a homeowner. You have to cast a vision for it with investors. And, and you could put together a prospectus and a, and, you know, this is the overview. This is what we're trying to do. This is what was going on. And you go raise money. There are people that, all they do is raise money. Mm-hmm. And so th- there are groups where you could get that prospectus out. I mean, heck, I think the 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 uh, the media attention to this would be big enough that you, that you could attract people. But, yeah. you know, you'd set a goal. We're trying to raise $100 million or, or or whatever, and this is how we're going to spend it, and this is where we're going to do it. But, yeah. but, I mean, there is, you know, probably one, two, three million dollars in – architectural designs in in layout in finding the land and finding the place and finding you know there's of course there's there's millions of dollars just putting it together before you go raise the money and yeah. so again how do you do that well you, you got to have money and you got to you know find somebody who's going to get behind it yeah um, believe in it but uh 
And that's the client who they've got hundreds of millions of dollars and they believe in the idea enough. Yeah. They're like, well, I'll, I'll invest in that. Cause it'll change culture at that point. It, ideally. Yeah, it can. Absolutely. Cause if what we build defines us, right? Not if, no, if that's true, then it will change. Yeah. Culture. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, cool. Well, I think that's a, a very helpful vision of what is the state of craft. Um, now I think there's the final question is where do we go from here? Um, you know, I, I, I think, it, I think it's a long obedience in a similar direction, which I've said in the past. And I think that we are, uh, um, you know, like, what do I do today? Mm -hmm. Well, you just need to keep doing what you've been doing, right? Yeah. You know, it, it, it is not, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. It's the journey. And, you know, I look at my career, I'm turned 58, you know, a week ago. Uh, About yeah. Um, I turned 58, you know, I'm, I'm getting towards the end of my time right here. And so, you know, I, I, I look at it and you go, well, what, what can I do? What can I do? What are going to, and you, you want to get a hurry and you yeah. want to figure it out. Um, and what do we spend time on? What, what do we do? I think that, uh, we all have to just continue on the path that we've been given. And so the, so the, so the, you know, you say, well, what do we do next? Um, I just, I just want to get better at my craft, right? Mm -hmm. I want to spend more time out there in the shop, building more things, figuring more things out. I want to, you know, the writing and the teaching that I do, I want to make sure that that, and so each of us, wherever we are, Richard, you want, you want and need to grow in your craft, right? Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Well, you got to do more stuff, right? You're building those beams right now. You're doing that stuff, right? You're learning as you go and you've, book match the the the, yeah. the the thing have you ever book matched before right Never. so that's really cool right yeah. and so now i know what a book match is and i've actually seen it go together this table was book matched right we ripped it down the middle and did the that so so you all built this uh-huh that's crazy and so it, it was just like you know we've got to continue to practice those little things that mdf that have <laughs> that that get us better at our craft it isn't a well now all you do is flip this switch and now it's it's just totally okay <clears throat> so you're you're talking to craftsmen out there that's what you're that's what you're so targeting. that was a, a talk to a craftsman builder what would you say to a craftsman for my whole wrap-up of it it's all i think it's always going to be education i mean i know when the light bulb went on for me yeah and i like to see that light bulb go off for other people yeah when they're like "Ooh, there is another opportunity here right so i think we continue like you said Similar obedience in another direction. No, long, I don't know. Long <laughs> obedience in a similar, similar direction. direction. Don't do the other thing. I just similar said, obedience go in another direction. direction. No. Find the longest direction you can. And then. So because of that, um, I'm going to McDonald's after this. No, I'm going in another direction. No, no but um, yeah, you, you just want to learn and yeah. educate. Yeah. Learn and educate. What I know now was different than what I knew a year ago. Therefore, to like for my case, now my audience, if they've been following along, they're smarter now yeah. because of it. Yeah. You know, because I'm just on this journey mm -hmm. of learning and sharing. Yeah. So if we can continue to educate people, I think that's all we can really do. Yeah. So <clears throat> it may be the same answer for you of learning and sharing, but I but I am curious, like homeowner perspective because we can talk to the craftsmen all day long. They're the ones who are making it, but they're making it because there's a demand for it. And so I want to know, what would you say to the homeowners 
uh, or what would you have a homeowner, a home buyer out there do in order to pursue craft? So I, so I remember one of the first things Brent told me when you go into these houses, when yeah. I'm doing these, you know, jobs that I've done for 10 years, go in there and say, you know, go in there with an authority. Yeah. Like, but before you go in there with authority, you got to know some stuff, mm -hmm. you know, study stuff, figure stuff out. So I started trying it and I would go into houses and be like, yeah, so this is what you want to do, whatever the case may be, you know, mm -hmm. like knowledgeable. Yeah. That made them want me. Right. That made them be like, man, this, this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And I saw a difference right away. So I think it's more on us as the builder tradesman to, like I said, educate. Right. Because I, I, I don't think you can expect the homeowner to know this stuff. Like they've got their own job. They're a lawyer. Mm -hmm. They're a doctor. They're a, you know, whatever they are, business owner. They're not really like and if you flip the script, if I hire a lawyer, I'm not going to learn about law. I'm paying you right. to handle this legal issue totally. for me. Now they're paying us to handle this building issue. Yeah. So we need to say, hey, look, here are your options. Uh, I really think it's it all falls on our back. Yeah. Like we have to carry that. <laughs> if you're speaking to the homeowner, like mm -hmm. what do they do today? Yeah. I, I think you say, you know, like like that you that guy across the street. If I'd yeah. had a chance to talk to him before he, you know, went into McDonald's and, yeah. and chased <laughs> after that that world, I would I would say, you know, travel, okay? Yeah. Like 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 go to Europe. Okay, go look at go to the Cotswolds. Okay, mm -hmm. go to go to Normandy. Okay, go go look at other parts. Go to the Mediterranean. Look at the houses there. Go to Boston. Okay, go to Boston. Go to Colonial Williamsburg. Right. Yeah. Go to go to these places and now tell me you want to build the same house. Yeah. Okay, um, because the the just like I always talk about it as a playbook, and that that our playbook right now is like six pages, mm -hmm. and the historical playbook, the historic precedent thousands of pages yeah. and so we are working from a very small manual and we don't really understand the opportunity right. and so travel is something that inspires and changes and mm -hmm. and, and 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 you know makes things better but yeah it, it is uh the first thing i would say is, is you know travel and yeah. and and i suspect that guy uh when he gets into his house and it and is you know his carpet and MDF cabinets are off gassing and you know he he is he's paying that mortgage and not sure the house is going to hold its value right. and he, he he's like he's going to be questioning that decision and going why didn't I just pull it in five feet from the from the outside lines and <laughs> save myself a few thousand grand did I right. really need a three car garage oh right. my gosh this is killing me right. There is going to be some regret, and you know, similar to the regret after you eat fast food. It's like, totally, it's oh, the same, same it's the exact same thing. <laughs> Except it's a two point five million dollar regret. Yeah, it's a expensive happy meal. Yeah, it's expensive. At least, with the, at least with a happy meal, you can you go to the cross. bathroom and get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which leads us into hey. our um, our stool competition. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever y'all want to show me your stools, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll compete. I don't know if I can stand it. Um, all right. Well, th this has uh, been the state of craft. Um, yeah. That, uh, I hope that was helpful. Um, but thanks for watching the Passion for Craft podcast. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.